Welcome to Matt D'Elia is Confused. This is Matt D'Elia, and it's this week. Whatever the fuck this week is. Because all the weeks are the fucking same week. Because nothing's happening. Except there's some bad stuff happening. Anytime I open the fucking news, there's a ton of bad shit happening. I've been trying to make a deal with myself to look at the news less. But somehow I can't do it. Somehow I continue to look at the news and I made an even more specific deal with myself is to not look at the news right after I wake up. But what do I do right after I wake up? Every single day, I look at the news. So that's cool. But I'm going to put the news on hold for a little while and talk about something else. I watched a movie. I watch a lot of movies. But I watched this one movie in particular that I do want to talk about. Does anybody remember the movie starring Sandra Bullock and Jeremy Jeremy Northam and Dennis Miller from 1995, directed by Erwin Winkler? A little movie I like to call The Net. Now, to any millennial or younger, you will probably, probably not only have no idea what the net is, but if you were to see it, it would look to you like, um, fucking, it's a wonderful life looked to me when I was younger. It's like, it's archaic. I mean, uh, the net, first of all, the net. The fact that there was a time when the internet was referred to as the net, enough that there would be a movie called The Net. And when that movie came out called The Net, everyone who saw it, saw an ad for it, saw a trailer for it, heard about it, heard The Net, and thought, I know what that is. That's the internet. That's that thing I've heard about called the internet. This is 1995, okay? This is like circa dial-up. For all you young motherfuckers who don't know what dial-up is, we would typically, I mean, this is for someone like me, I would imagine this experience is shared enough that Many of you who are at least uh, either slightly younger than me or my age or obviously older will remember. In general, there was one computer in the house, if you were lucky, and that one computer had an internet hookup. It had to literally be physically hooked up. Uh, There was no such thing as wireless. And you would go to AOL or whatever the fuck, and you would dial up you would sign in hit sign in and it would just go ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you've got mail that was the whole fucking process it would not you couldn't just open your computer click on on the internet it was like a whole ding, 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 ding. <laughs> You've got mail. That was if you had mail. That's how you would get your email. There was no like separate email thing. Obviously no smartphones. Whatever. You guys fucking know what was up. It was the infancy of the internet. That's like around, I was like around 12 and that's around when the net came out. And when you watch the net now, first of all, Sandra Bullock's in it, and she's like fucking 20 in it. And she looks exactly the same as she does now. That is weird. But yeah, it's about a hacker who looks like Sandra Bullock, which is the first sign that the movie has no fucking idea about hackers. 
But she's a hacker and she's lonely and she gets caught up in some major fucking conspiracy. She's like debugs games or whatever the fuck. And while debugging this one game, she stumbles upon this fucking thing that takes her to this other thing that exposes some big conspiracy. And then she's got to go on the run and also figure everything out and da, 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 whatever the fuck. It's like so many movies from the 90s. Conspiracy thrillers. Now, this is kind of what I want to get into, this conspiracy thriller thing. I love conspiracy thrillers. I think it's a great movie genre. But in my mind, and, and, and now when I watch them, they've, been, they've become a little tainted now. Because when I watch them, I can't help but think all of these people... who are now crazy conspiracy theorists online, who you can't fucking open Twitter without running into one, who thinks fucking Hollywood eats babies or whatever the fuck. George Soros runs the world. Hillary Clinton is in a satanic cabal. QAnon. It's just, it's everywhere, this kind of thinking, much, much more than when I was young or even when I was in my 20s. It started, I would say, around uh, 2002, 2003, post 9-11, what I think people largely understand or, or know as 9-11 truthism. 9-11 truthism is that it says 9-11 was an inside job, that, that documentary Loose Change which I remember as a viral video, but I recently went to look it up and it's like rentable now. That alone says something to me because I remember when I was in fucking college, I could just Google, I could just look up uh, loose, or I could go on YouTube, search loose change, and I could just watch it in like eight parts. Now you can't find the movie on YouTube or anywhere online. You have to rent it. Unless you're an illegal fucking hacker type, unless you're a Sandra Bullock circa 1995 type, you could probably get it illegally and download it and watch it in your little fucking hacker lair. But I'm just a regular guy. That to me says Loose Change then was like a little bit of a fucking sideshow. It was like a, just some like fucker, whoever made it, made a little video, conspiracy video that was like popular among young idiots such as myself. I was like, whoa, it was an inside job, you know? Like, when I was 20, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was an inside job. And there was all the fucking so-called proof of uh, the building never should have gone down. The way it was built was specifically built to get hit by planes and not go down. Then there was the footage of Bush being told what happened. And because he didn't get on his knees and pray to fucking mama and pray to God... That's proof that he knew. When I see that video of Bush in the fucking middle of the classroom, which, by the way, is the most movie thing ever. The president being interrupted in front of a classroom of children to be told that the Twin Towers went down in a terrorist attack. The look on his eyes. I don't see someone who knew shit when I see his eyes. I see a scared, shitless motherfucker, overwhelmed, Dude, is his first year of, pre of his presidency. And you can just see in his eyes just, oh, no. But he's in front of a bunch of kids. He's trying to hold it together or whatever. He's a fucking idiot. But I don't see some nefarious, all-knowing, sinister person. I see a guy. I see it deep into his eyes. He's shitting his fucking pants via his eyes. Anyway, since then, I think it's only snowballed into a much greater thing, this conspiracy thinking. I've talked about this a lot. I had Mike Rothschild on as a guest. He's an expert in this shit. Uh, I had Daryl Marble on. He is a believer in a lot of this stuff. I had Martin Geddes on. He's a believer in this stuff. And other guests, too. I mean, this is a t common topic, but I think it's a, it's a weird fucking thing that isn't exactly unique to our time, but it's certainly... I 
I think it comes in waves. There's a book called uh, uh, American Conspiracy Theories, I think it's called, or the, or the Conspiracy Mind. I forget. Joseph Uczynski. I've talked about it before. Um, and he talks about there's no age of conspiracy. It just kind of comes and goes depending upon the time, but it never goes away. And it's also not partisan. If you look at 9-11 truthism, that's a very left-wing mentality. You don't hear any fucking Republicans thinking that shit. And right now, let's say Trump and Russia, just for example, because that's the more mainstream, more widely believed conspiracy theory. That's also among the left. But then you look at shit like QAnon, that's all among the right. Right now, I, I think actually whatever side you're on, it seems like the other side is more responsible for conspiracy theory. I'm on the left, so I think of it as a right-wing problem. People on the right think of it as a left-wing problem, obviously. I think that makes total sense. But I think what isn't intuitive is that it is shared. That it, it is not um, partial to one kind of thinker as opposed to another. Both people on the left of the spectrum and the right. Politically speaking. But now, you can't possibly argue it's not at least more visible and at least easier to dip into a kind of conspiracy thinking. My whole point in this is that I blame movies like The Net. I love movies like The Net. I don't love The Net. The Net fucking sucks. But movies like that, I do like. Like John Grisham shit. The Firm the Pelican Brief. Anybody who lived through the 90s knows what's up with John Grisham. Or Tom Clancy. There's always someone caught up in some, something way bigger than them. Some big conspiracy. And it always reaches to the, to the top of whatever fucking thing that, it's, that it is. You know, In the net, for instance, it's, it, it reaches all the way out to the Secretary of State. Hmm, the Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton. Hmm. I look at these movies and I can't help but see the seeds of right now. In the 90s, the, here's the other thing. These motherfucking conspiracy motherfuckers that are out there, I'm sure some of you listening right now, like Florida Man. Remember fucking Florida Man? I haven't talked about him in a while. This is my, my, my Instagram pen pal. He believes in like every fucking single conspiracy theory. And I don't, but we keep it civil. I'm all about that shit. And we talk, we haven't talked in a minute, but we used to talk all the time. He used to send me shit that he believed. I'd say, what the fuck is this shit, man? 5G, a lot of coronavirus fucking conspiracy theories. He ran the gamut. Anything that was not true, he would just believed it, you know? But whatever, my issue isn't with him or even people like him. Specific people like him. It is with that kind of thinking, which is prevalent, and a lot of people have that. It doesn't make those people bad. That's just one part of those people. Because for anybody who's not a conspiracy theorist, let me tell you absolutely for sure, people who believe 5G causes fucking coronavirus are, are normal people until you get them talking about coronavirus and 5G. Then when you bring up 5G, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You belong in a fucking mental institute. But everything else, they're just like everybody else. But these kinds of thinkers are generally not young. You don't find a lot of hardcore conspiracy theorists under 30. Just like QAnon. That was a misconception of mine. When I had Travis View on uh, of the QAnonymous podcast, he's a QAnon researcher. He knows... All about all the shit all these motherfuckers believe. I should have Travis back on, actually. There's so much new QAnon shit to talk about. But these people are not young. In fact, according to him, and this is true, it's typically boomers who believe that shit. But I would say from what I... This is non-scientific. But I would... From what I can see, conspiracy-type thinking is generally around people in their mid-30s and up. Now... I think that's true now. And I think the reason for that is because of motherfuckers like John Grisham. I think 
anybody who grew up watching that onslaught of 90s conspiracy thrillers and books obviously but already nobody read by then anyway people were already not reading by the 90s and so john grisham while he was a successful author i think most people know him by the adaptations of his books into movies like the firm like the pelican brief like the client And those fucking movies have, they seeded themselves in people's minds. They seeded themselves in people's minds when they were young. I can't help but think that when I watch these movies, it's like all of the pieces of the QAnon puzzle are there. I'm like my own conspiracy theorist about these movies. But it's true, man. Where we go one, we go all, that fucking WWWG1A, whatever the fuck the acronym is, that hashtag that QAnon people use, that's from that movie White Squall. That's not even a conspiracy movie. But the heroes and the villains in these conspiracy theories, their sinister abilities to keep things secret and kill people, like the Epstein thing, killing Epstein in jail. I'm sorry, everybody. Epstein had every reason to kill himself. So if the story is that he killed himself, I believe that one. That's the easiest story to believe. What is that fucking expression? Never, uh, I don't know. Something about don't, don't, uh, give credit to some kind of complexity when, when, uh, incompetence is, is a possible answer. I mean, I, butchered that i don't even know who to credit to but the basic idea is that why add all these extra layers i know it's fucking brain food to figure out all the ways to get on your message board and chat with everybody about all the fucking ways do your research about all the ways that someone got in and killed epstein and made it look like suicide but also what about just suicide because he knew he was so fucked let a charmed life of horrible evil shit and knew that he was about to get caught for the fucking awful evil shit and he wanted to kill himself what's wrong with that answer i'll tell you what's wrong with that answer a it's boring and people don't want that but b the people that fucking believe this shit have seen too many fucking movies I love movies. I, th- you could make a case that I love nothing more than movies. But they don't fucking reflect real life. Just like conspiracy theories, movies tend to tie up in a bow a little too easily. They make a little too much sense. Everybody's least favorite thing to say after a movie is, I don't know, I didn't really get it. It was confusing. Therefore, movie makers like to tie it up in a bow so you fucking get it. But this is real life. Have you ever tried to keep a secret from someone? Or among people from another group of people? I'm going to go ahead and guess that you failed at keeping that secret. Anyway, so when you hear any of these fucking conspiracy theories, just ask yourself one question. Does it sound too much like a fucking movie from the 90s? If it does, it ain't true. I love 90s movies, but they're not real life. Don't get it confused. The other thing about the net is that it's almost fucking... Specifically the net, not movies like this in general, but specifically the Erwin Winkler film starring Sandra Bullock and Jeremy Northern from 1995 called The Net. The Net! Wow. I mean, that, that kind of sums it up. That's actually my whole point about this fucking movie. It's so, like, it's almost cute how they were not only portraying the internet, but trying to reflect what it was and what it was a sign of the the potential dangers of it, rather. 
because it's true. I mean, the whole thing about the movie is like, you put everything into the computer. And then if somebody, some nefarious group or person gets a hold of it, they can ruin your life. Well, and look, obviously that's true, you know? But if someone made that movie now, I'd be like, yeah, no shit. This fucking movie sucks. I know all this shit already. This kind of shit's in the news every fucking day. So in that sense, it's like, aww, cute. You thought you were fucking innovating. It's just, that's, let's see, that's 25 years ago. Wow, that's a long fucking time. 25 years ago, 1995. How far we've come from that in the sophistication of our fear of the internet and all of all it brings and our reliance on the internet and all that brings. The net seems like the most antiquated fucking movie. Like I said, I feel like when young people watch it, like I, I picture like a, a 16 year old watching the net. They'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like it's about the internet and no one even has a fucking cell phone. It's a movie about the dangers of the internet and Google doesn't even exist yet. Okay. I mean, that's not the movie's fault, but you know what I mean. We understand things more with the aid of time lapsed since the thing happens. And looking back at the net, it's like, oh, cute. Cute fucking movie. You should have warned us harder, though, about the internet, you know? But the internet now. I was reading about fucking. um, Like right before watching the net. I was reading this article about the race to achieve uh, fully integrated AI into uh, into society. And particularly about China's uh, uh, taking on that. They've basically made it their mission to lead the world in AI technology. And I think it was in the Atlantic, and the article was about how we better not let them take the lead because they're not in the lead right now, but they're going that way, and they're making the biggest gains out of, every, out of any country. And the idea of them in the lead is terrifying, is what the article was saying. And it is. This is this is a thing I wanted to talk about last week, actually. China. 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 So China. I think I think it's it's worth prefacing uh even before I get into their technological abilities, what's up with China? Because I think when we hear about China, we hear about what the president says about China, first and foremost, which is about, it's about economics and it's about fucking tariffs and trade wars and shit like that. But there's something that's been going on in China for fucking years and it's not not in the news. It is in the news, but it's definitely not enough in the news. And for years, it's been true that it hasn't been enough in the news. And it's fucking terrifying. And the article I read actually touched on this a little bit. And this is the, uh, the million plus Uyghurs, uh, it, uh, basically Muslims in China, called Uyghurs, uh, have been interred in re-education camps. Over a million of them. And what a re-education camp is, is a nice 
term for the other term, which it also is, which is concentration camp. China has basically, not basically, has rounded up all of the Uyghurs in China, with the exception of some, obviously not all of them, and put them all in what they're calling re-education camps. And what they are doing ostensibly at these re-education camps is teaching Uyghurs how to be Chinese in the way that the government wants Chinese people to be. Meaning they don't want them to be fucking Muslim for one. But moreover than just Muslim, they don't want them to be anything except the way everyone is in China. They used as an excuse there was there were some sort of like terrorist attacks. Uh, uh, I believe that the, that then the government used an ex, as an excuse to do this, which is rounding up every single Uyghur Muslim in China and sending them into these re-education camps. And then when they get out, they often have a government official. Or even just like a fucking mole. Out in the open, but a mole. Live with these Uyghur families. To keep an eye on them. To make sure. And where technology fits in with this. Is that. The government has backdoor access to. Basically everyone's phone. Because there is no Facebook there. And I'm pretty sure there is no Google there. Maybe there is Google there. But everyone in China is on this app called. WeChat. It's called WeChat. It's basically a banking system, uh, uh, a credit card, a chat system. It's like a texting thing. It's email. It's everything. In fact, I worked a couple years ago. I wrote a screenplay for a Chinese company. And I had to download that app to communicate with many of the people I was working with because a lot of them were in China and that was their by far and away, their go-to thing, their go-to mode of communication. Obviously, I've since deleted it because the Chinese government has access to every single fucking thing in there. Anyway, the article is about how uh, the government has access to er basically everything, and it was also writing about the future of AI tech, but also just tech in general and how it could be used by such an authoritarian government. And it was talking about the re-education camps and how it treats the Uyghurs. But it was also just talking about general surveillance of all citizens. Um, and and, and corona, the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic has facilitated even more surveillance, even more access to records for the Chinese government. There's basically no such thing as privacy. What I was saying about the people, the moles and the government officials, they get assigned to Uyghur homes and live with them to make sure that they're implementing all of the things that they learned at the re-education camps. There are checkpoints uh, on the outside of, on the perimeter of every Uyghur community where the police force can stop them for any fucking reason and put them back in a re-education camp for any fucking reason. The Uyghurs are surveilled heavily to the point that they're even suspicious. Okay. This is the most 1984 shit of the whole fucking story. If they use WeChat too much to communicate about anti-government things, obviously they get in trouble and get thrown back in the re-education camp. That's obvious, right? Okay. But also, if they're communicating too little, they're suspected of meeting in private in some clandestine operation 
and somehow being anti-government, it somehow to them signifies that they're anti-government, anti-communist party. Because they're not texting enough. They're not communicating enough. So they think they must be communicating, which is not online. And if they're not communicating online, then they're trying to evade us. And if they're trying to evade us, then they're up to something and they got to throw them back into the fucking gulag. That's what this is. This is a modern day manifestation of the fucking gulag system in what used to be the Soviet Union. Which was bad. Which means it should be fucking talked about more. All this talk about the fucking economy, the trade war, how fucking rich China is, how reliant we are on China. Hey! What about their fucking internment camps for over a million people to re-educate them on how to be, quote, proper citizens of the fucking country? That's bad. That is a misuse of fucking technology. Talk about it more. That's news. That's real fucking news. Look it up. It's not fucking hidden from public view. You can look up every single fucking thing you want to know about this shit. These are concentration camps. Today. And the reason I fucking nosedived into all this shit, I mean, I've, I've known about this shit and it's boggled my mind for fucking ever since I know about it. This is ongoing for years. This is not new, like I said. But the other fucking day, I, I saw uh, Dianne Feinstein talking about how China is, is, uh, is, uh, fuck, you know what? I don't want to get this wrong. I get every other fucking thing wrong. It was something about uh, how they're like a, a real strong up and coming country. Oh, wow. So many fucking headlines about this. Oh, here we go. It was it, okay. It, the context, to be fair, was about how letting. Americans sue China over their coronavirus response would be out of line. So this is her quote. Where I live, we hold China as a potential trading partner, as a country that has pulled tens of millions of people out of poverty in a short period of time, and as a country growing into a respectable nation among other nations. And I deeply believe that. I've been to China a number of times. I've studied the issues. Hey, have you been to the fucking concentration camps? That's not respectable. That is the least respectable thing. Talk about it more. Talk about that more. That is the most fucked up fucking thing. I don't give a fuck what religion you are. I don't give a fuck what you think about the Muslim religion. The religion of Islam. You're fucked up if you don't think that's a huge fucked up problem. I'm assuming we ignore it because we're so fucking reliant on, on, on them in so many different ways. It's like you don't want to upset fucking big brother. But it's the most fucked up things so we gotta talk about it gotta talk about it more I mean that needs to be on the front page every day of every news publication it kind of dovetails with the fucking people that people with money off the hook for fucking anything I've seen it up close and personal the richer people that I know the people around them forgive any kind of fucking shit because they just want access to the money. That's like how this shit is. China is the richest country, so everyone's just like, please, sir. If I call you respectable, might I have some money, please? 
some more fucking please, sir, people in the world than just the fucking ones about Trump. They're all over the place. Anyway, look it up. This shit's a fucked up, fuck a fuck a fuck a fucked up thing that nobody talks about enough. So I wanted to talk about it. Obviously, I'm no expert. I'm sure I fucking got some shit wrong about everything that's going on. Find the fucking article. It's in the Atlantic. The Atlantic fucking rules. Read it. Um, it's about China and AI and the Uyghur uh, concentration camps and what a future would look like if if China um, was a leader in AI and got there first, basically. So check that out. It'll give it'll do a better job of explaining it than, than I can. And I'm gonna take a break. And on the other side, we'll talk about some other cool shit. And okay. Don't go anywhere. Matt Delia is confused. We'll return right after the break. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And back, and here's a fucking dumb as hell thing uh, that Joe Biden said. What you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Hey, man, don't say shit like that. First of all, don't think that. Second of all, don't say shit like that. All you got to do is not say shit like that, and then you'll be president. I think that sounds like a sweet deal for you. So let's work on not saying shit like that. Okay, I'm not really going to talk much about politics this episode, but that's uh, just wanted to touch on that a little bit, because what the fuck are you doing, man? I talked a little bit uh, on the earlier part of the show today about... um, when I was young with the internet, fucking bung, 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 you got mail. And the other day, I actually happily ran into someone. I was walking around near where I live with a fucking mask on, all right? And, um, Saw an old friend of mine and hadn't seen him in years. And he was with his son. And his son, I believe, is 13? Around the age that I was. You've got bail. And it, it... struck me i haven't spoken to a single fucking teenager um about the experience that that they've had during the pandemic so i asked him like what's up what have you been doing this must have been the weirdest fucking summer of your life it's been the weirdest summer of my life it's been the weirdest summer of my parents lives it's definitely the weirdest summer of your life the weirdest summer of everyone's life but in such a young life, I, I was curious to hear his perspective. He's a very bright young kid, and uh, I wanted to know what he had to say. He told me that just that that just before the day I saw him, 
was the first time in four months that he had seen his friends. Four fucking months of seeing only his dad and mom. Separately, they're separated. So he, he I guess, I, I'm assuming he hadn't even been around a single fucking other kid in four months. And it's been talked about a bit more as time goes on and people have more time to think about how the pandemic is affecting everybody. But that is one area, and, and, and I would think even worse among slightly or, or significantly younger people than even than him. I mean, first of all, if you're a young kid, not an infant, but not quite like, you know, brained just yet. Like if you're four or five, you can't be around other kids. That is like the worst possible time to not be around other kids. You're developing. You need to be socialized. It's fucked up. But also beyond that, talking about eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds not being able to be with their friends. This kid's fucking 13, 14. Matt, I'm thinking about myself when I was 13, 14, not seeing anybody my age ever. What even is that? Like this is essentially we've reached the point where now this is like the most grand scale experiment on human beings. We're going to see the effects of this in the months after the, after things reopen in the years after things reopen. And I don't mean obviously the obvious things like the economy. That's going to be fucked up and we're going to be paying attention to that for the next several years on how that we bounce back, how we could possibly bounce back, what we could do to speed it up, all that shit. But I'm talking about the human experiences. Kids not being able to be around other kids. It's fucked up, man. It's fucked up and I can't I can't stop thinking about it. Just more fucking collateral damage from all this shit. Something cool that I've been thinking about. Something not uncool, at least. Such as the last thing I was thinking about, about how fucked up it is. Kids can't hang out with other kids. For an entire summer of their fucking life of their young life, which they'll never get back, something less uncool than that. There's all this new shit going on now. Not now, but I guess over the last few weeks, about UFOs. So the government has somehow, in some way, sanctioned some the release of some information uh, about... Um, their years and years and years worth of their secret search for both alien life and the um, the the seeking knowledge about unidentified objects. Because forever people sort of in the government would deny that there was ever any interest or any government apparatus that looked into this shit. Recently, they've come out and disclosed a bit more. Uh, I talked about it actually a few months ago. I had uh, Keith Cooper on the show to talk a little bit about um, the search for extraterrestrial life, SETI, the search for extraterrestrial I something, forget what the I is. Extraterrestrial intelligence, that's what it is. Uh, so it's been something that I've talked about a bit. And also a few months ago, there was the, the Navy released those videos of their pilots encountering unidentified objects that they, it had leaked. And they finally had to just be like, yeah, that shit was real. 
Now, to be clear, when we say UFOs, unidentified objects, we mean that. We don't mean aliens. We could mean aliens, but just in in the name, it explains our lack of knowledge. Unidentified objects. We don't know what it is. But there's all this shit out there now. I mean, I think some of you probably know about Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar is the guy. There's a movie about him now, a documentary about him that, that I think came out earlier this year, maybe the end of last year, uh, who claims to have worked at Area 51 uh, for years. He's, he's made this claim. This is not new, but the documentary is new. Um, and he says he worked on an, uh, uh, a UFO that was recovered by the government and his job was to reverse engineer it because it was not of this earth. The technology was not of this earth. And his story is fucking crazy. Whether you believe it or not is up to you. Um, but in looking into the, the current disclosure, the newer disclosure of all this UFO shit, I read some stuff in actually prominent news sources that was like, we can no longer call Bob Lazar a fucking lunatic and a liar. A lot of the shit that he said has turned out to be true. Fair enough. Could be true. But now there's this whole new... There's a whole... Now there's a whole push again into... Oh, is this shit real? Are aliens real? Because of the news or the disclosure of the program called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Which is, I I believe, is now named the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. I mean, just... Name it a thing and keep it that because it all is fucking nonsense sounding anyway. So why you'd even change it at all is stupid. And what they do is they they obviously look into unknown uh, phenomena either in the sky that has been documented on video or witnessed by someone. They look into shit like this. Also... Apparently, there are things that have been recovered on the ground that we don't understand the technology of them. And they are not man-made. They, are not, they, they appear to be not made by people with elements of this earth. Which, I believe, it's fair to take away from that. Okay, well then there's fucking aliens... And some alien shit fell out of the fucking sky and ended up on Earth. And that's what that is. Which I don't even really disagree with that. There's just one part of this kind of resurgence in talk about UFOs that I find particularly dumb. And it's this. A lot of these so-called UFOs have been seen over U.S. military bases. And instead of assuming that those things are aliens, why don't we go to a simpler solution, which is that it's either some secret military shit or it is a, f- uh, a foreign military trying to gather intelligence about our military, an adversarial military, namely either Russia or more likely China. China, because again of their technological prowess. And they're doing it in ways that we are not capable of doing it. So we see their shit. We see it in the night sky and think, what the fuck is that? 
but what it really is more likely to me than aliens is technology that we haven't unlocked yet ourselves. Used by adversarial militaries to collect intel about our military. Because why the fuck else would it be above a military base? Because here's the logic there for me. If an alien race came to Earth and could come to Earth, I don't think, and I could be wrong, because this is speculation on top of speculation, but I don't think that they would give a flying, no pun intended, a flying fuck about our military capabilities because they're already here. And if they're here, they can destroy the fucking fuck out of us. So why would they give a shit about our military? And why would they be so sneaky about it? But I do like this general push from the Pentagon to sort of share some of this information. Because I never really understood why... I never really understood the theory, I guess... Really, you could call it a conspiracy theory. Although I separate the the UFO theorists, alien life theorists, generally from conspiracy theorists. Because I find alien theorists to be way, way, way uh, less scary, I guess. Because thinking about aliens existing is just like, that's kind of fun. Think about like secret satanic cabals run by the rich and wealthy pulling the puppet strings of the world and eating children. That's not fun. And that to me says more about the theorist than anything to do with the theory itself. If you think there's a secret cabal running the world eating babies, then something's wrong with you. There's plenty wrong with Hillary Clinton, believe me, I think that. But if you think she eats babies, there's something wrong with you and you only. But about UFO theorists, they're just fucking having some fun. Looking up at the sky being like, oh, they're out there. And then seeing the footage, the the Navy drops being like, that's a fucking alien ship. Period. Tom DeLong has that fucking website. Dan Aykroyd's way into it. I mean, there are people who are in the public eye who have very much embraced that there's not only the possibility of alien life, but that we have also found it and we're, we're being kept in the dark. That might be true. I mean, if the government found out that there was alien life and they had visited us and whatever, they're either a threat or they're not, and that was their determination about it. I can see an argument that they would keep that from us. I can see why that would be, um, why, why that would be in the interest of the government. But more than I can see that, I don't understand really at the end of the day why they wouldn't just tell people. Who, who, not who cares, but like, that's fucking cool shit that we should know about. Their, their existence wouldn't change our day-to-day life. So if they know, why don't we know? So I like that they're letting us know some shit. Because it kind of bridges the gap between like, they're keeping it from us. Because obviously the, 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 the truth, whatever it is, is much more gray than just like aliens have visited us 
and nothing weird has happened. It's neither one of those things. Weird shit definitely happens. Inexplicable shit definitely happens. UFOs are seen. You can see videos of the, the fucking the Navy. Those Navy videos are just, those are real. The, you can hear it in the pilots' voices. They're like, what the fuck is that? Weird shit happens. I'm assuming even the government doesn't know. That's why they don't tell us, because they don't fucking know. And I think really what the government doesn't want to do is admit that a ton of crazy shit happens that they don't know. That, to me, is what they're afraid of more. If they knew aliens existed, they would just fucking tell us in some capacity or another. I, I just, and I've, I've, I've heard every argument, I don't buy the, the extreme lengths that, to which they'd have to go to keep it a secret from us. I just don't know what's in it for them. I don't know what the fuck that operation would be all about, why that would be the case. I think they don't know. And that is what they don't want to tell us. A, it shows their weakness, and government never wants to show weakness. But B, it's like a non-fucking story. And so the kind of like the, the, the story now is the non-story. The story now is the Pentagon has disclosed this fucking task force, whatever, that they renamed from something else that didn't make sense. Something else that didn't make sense to something that doesn't make sense still. Just different. And the story is basically, we don't know. Yeah, we got this task force looks into the shit, but we don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, we found shit that's not doesn't seem to be on this earth, but we don't know what it is. But obviously people take those stories and they're like, see, I knew it. They're hiding this from us. They've been hiding this from us for years. But in reality, it's way more dumb and stupid and messy than that. All they did was admit that they don't know. That's the story. The story is a non-story. The story is we don't know anything. Oh, fuck. This is what I wanted to talk about. Fuck, yeah, I'm happy I remember this. So, um, I began with a movie, and I'm going to close with a movie. This movie I haven't seen. I think it's out now, right now. There's a movie out now called The Secret. And many of you probably remember the craze that was called The Secret about positive thinking. It was a book, and then like, there was like a video series, and it was basically a cult. When it became really popular, when it exploded, people who were uh, who liked, who believed in The Secret, the way they would sort of evangelize it and fold it into their lives, it was cultish. I forget the name of the woman who started the whole thing. She's crazy. And this positive thinking thing sort of it, it obviously that's, that's not that wasn't new when the secret came up, but the secret turned it into this sort of product and way of thinking that became known as it became called the secret. If you said the secret, it was like that meant this belief system of positive thinking. Think good thoughts and they'll happen. That's not new, but this motherfucking woman got rich off of it. By putting it together the way she did. Anyway. I don't know how it took this long. But a movie. Was made. Called The Secret. And it's about. First of all. That alone. K. And it's based on. The book, which is not fiction 
or nonfiction. It's self-help. So there's a movie, a, a, a scripted narrative movie, a, a fucking fake made-up story based on the self-help book called The Secret. It stars Katie Holmes, Jerry O'Connell, and Josh Lucas. Katie Holmes and Josh Lucas, of course they're in the secret movie. But this movie, let me tell you, and the reason I left Jerry O'Connell out of that is because I like Jerry O'Connell. So he's exempt from my shit talking. But I watched the trailer for the, the secret movie. And let me tell you, it is every bit as stupid seeming as you would think. Why did they make it fucking 15 years after the secret was a thing? I'm going to play it for you guys because it's probably that fucking bad that it's worth just hearing. In fact, I bet hearing it makes it seem even worse than watching it, which even better. Okay, so I'm going to play it right now. You are a very lucky girl. Amanda Wells, will you marry me? Not many men would be willing to take on somebody with your baggage. Uh, I mean, three kids, a mountain of debt. Based on the worldwide best-selling book. Miranda Wells. She's at work right now. You can leave with me. I'm her son. I'm afraid this comes with a little bit of an explanation. So hurricane warnings are up. Weather guy says it's going to miss us, but... You can never be too careful. No matter how bad things are, they can always get worse. Worst script ever. I'm expecting a call from the bank. Ray Johnson. Miranda Wells. There goes my deductible. Don't waste your insurance on this. Why is he taking your bumper? Because he's offered to come over to fix it. You're letting him follow us home? You go down here looking for her, and she runs into you? It's pretty weird. Is it? Your thoughts attract things with a force that you cannot see, but is definitely real. Okay, this is me thinking about pizza. Don't look at me. You have to be careful. The hurricane could miss Louisiana altogether. Yeah, right. Because we get what we expect. I'm open to the possibility that whatever happens... Oh, my God. Even the bad stuff can lead to better things. I know, I know, I know, I know there's a... I can't afford a new roof. Let me help. Why are you helping me? Oh, because I can. Because you're hot. Miranda, I don't really. Why are you fixing a roof? I just don't want you to blow Because it's a bad movie. She doesn't love it. Not like Dad. All your dad ever wanted was for you to be happy. How would you know that? What are you doing right now? Taking in this gorgeous sunset. I don't understand what's happening here. Me neither. And I collided for a reason. What's it say? I've been dreaming that. One fine day. Mom, what happened to the bumper? Karma. Or maybe it's just a lousy driver. It's a better day coming. Wow. Okay, so a few things to touch on there before I go. That's the worst song ever that they're playing in that in that trailer. <clears throat> so that's one. Second of all, the, the full title is The Secret Colon Dare to Dream. Third of all, the thing the secret is teaching, the thing about if you think about good things, those things will happen, is the biggest crock of fucking shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. And if you can still believe that in 2020, in the shittiest year of all fucking time, then you are bad for society. You are fucking stupid and you should step away from society so society can be better off. That is an elementary fucking dumb thing to think. And if you think that and you want to see that movie... And that movie actually makes you feel better. You're bad. You're bad for society and you need to leave it. <clears throat> I'm going to watch that movie though. 
fucking for sure. How does a movie like that still get made? That is not, that is not fucking okay. That to me now, that movie coming out now, it's like rubbing my face in the shittiness of the year. Like to, to, to be that deaf to a moment, to read a room, so to speak, that badly is actually fucking offensive to me. You gotta, you made a movie like that. You can't fucking release it right now. You gotta put it on a shelf. It's just a fucking shitty fucking lie. And even if you believe it, when the movie ends and your life fucking seeps back into the picture, you forget the movie and you remember your real life, that only makes you feel worse than before you saw the fucking movie. Because for those two hours, you thought, oh, yeah, this is uplifting. This is true. This is great. This is inspiring. And the movie ends and you can't pay your fucking rent. You can't leave your fucking house. You can't do anything. And you're not making money and fucking everything else, and the world's ending, then you feel fucking worse, okay? That movie's bad. If you like that movie, you're bad. I'm going to watch it, though. Uh, And report back about it uh, next week. All right. I think that's it for uh, this episode. Thank you for listening. If you haven't yet, get your fucking Matt D'Elia is Confused merchandise at mattdelia.com slash store. We got your hoodies. We got your shirts. We got your long sleeve shirts. We got your short sleeve shirts. We got your shit that you fucking want. And I want to see pictures of you in it. And that's a happy thing for everybody. Okay. Uh, all right. I will fucking talk to you next week. Stay safe as much as you can style uh and wear a mask even if you think this shit's a fucking hoax it'd be respectful you gotta be fucking respectful of people especially now especially now all right i love you all take care of yourselves i'll talk to you next week okay